a Steve Mathis production. Check it out, Pulp MX fans. We're proud to announce iPhone users can now get the official Pulp MX app from the App Store and have archives, show drops and technical info, stories, and even exclusive bonus Pulpcasts not available anywhere else. As always, use the Mathis code at btosports.com. And when buying from Amazon, click the banner on pulpmx.com to show your support. episode of the Steve Mathis show there is a high chanceability you will either learn something a lot of people don't know you left thinking or make you say to yourself dude that's so funny the bottom line is this podcast serves as archival documentation of this interview welcome to the racer x podcast show brought to you by btosports.com hosted by Steve Mathis Welcome to the BTOsports.com RacerX podcast, Steel City wrap-up, second last one of the year, and I'm a little sad because that maybe means that there's going to be no more race recaps for a while. I'm your host, Steve Mathis, as usual, with me, driving his kids to SeaWorld, none other than father of the year, David Pingree. I got to get an award somehow, you know what I mean? Yeah, I hear you, I hear you. I need a title. And, uh, and also, watching his young infant, Jason Wygant. Yeah, but I'm not taking her to SeaWorld. I'm just watching her um, like eat plastic that she's not supposed to have. So where does that Maybe go? you can give her a plastic whale, and it'll be kind of like the same what Ping's doing. I'm just, I mean, even if she could be poisoning herself, as long as it keeps her quiet, we're good. Right, right. Maybe it's a sperm whale, I'm just saying. Whoa. There is. ways to tie it in. We have a race left. We have one race left. Why well, again? That's all I'm oh, saying. Yeah. What does that mean? Oh, that's it. I, I've got some theories. I've got some ideas. Okay. All right. Well, we shall be listening. Um, Steel City, man. Uh, it's crazy. Let's first let's just start with the 250 class for a change, because we never we never really normally do that. Uh, Dean Wilson clinched the title, and why again? It wasn't that long ago that he was like in a points hunt, but going to Reeds really seemed to help him. Yeah, in fact, uh, all year our story was pretty much like, when's this guy going to win? What's the problem? Why isn't it coming together? Et cetera, et cetera. So really no issues um, all of a sudden. It was like things weren't really that bad all along. And I, I'm amazed, A, how much going to Chad Reeds apparently helped him. Yeah. But, B, um, when we were all saying what's wrong and, and predicting that Blake Baggett was going to win this championship, because Baggett had just destroyed everybody at Redbud, and it was two wins in a row, and it looked like he had figured everything out. So at the same moment that Wilson turned it up, I don't know if there's a logical explanation at all as to what happened to Baggett. We have not seen the same guy. No. Where'd he, it's not like Wilson just turned the tables on him. The whole field did. Yep. Yeah, it, it's, it's, been a, it's been a weird thing for him. Have you talked to him? Have you found out what's been going on? If, if anything, I haven't. So. Yeah, I've talked to him a little bit, but there's really not much to talk about. It's not like they really have a... a Anything they're pointing at. Now, this could be strangely one of those deals where maybe there was an injury they were hiding, but no one's talking like that. 
Uh, well, he did so. injure his shoulder. Um, I, I can't remember what round it was, but he had a yeah, practice crash during the week. Yeah. Yeah. He actually won Washougal uh, after that. And you're thinking, okay, then he's got a couple weeks off team that in Unadilla. He'll even be better. Uh, I don't know. Like, I know that at um, uh, Unadilla, I said, you know, he had a decent run. He, he, he went 2-3, I think, or 3-2. I mean, it wasn't mm-hmm. terrible, but his standards were so high. I was like, what was the difference between coming through traffic today and at the other rounds? And he said, I don't know. I just, you know, couldn't make it happen today. I just couldn't get the magic going. And part of me thinks that his speed was so ridiculous that maybe it was a bit much to expect us or expect anyone to go from ninth to first in every moto all year. Maybe that was just just impossible to expect someone to replicate that every week. Maybe? I don't know. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Uh, Ping, what do you think, if at, at all, um, Dino going to, Wil- to, to uh, Chad Reed's house for about three weeks, it looks like, um, how much do you think that, how much does that deserve credit and, and just going to a different environment and, having more fun. It sounds like Dino had more fun at Reedy's place than he's been having. So how much do you think that that should play into, into, his, uh, into his rise? Uh, I think a lot, you know, and he'll tell you that. It, when, when you sit out here and you just do the same grind, you know, it's like you ride at Paula, you ride at Milestone, the same thing over and over. It just, he's not motivated at, at all to go ride. He's down there in this, this new place where the tracks are new. He's got fast guys. I mean, like JT told us, he's like the slowest guy out there, you know. So there's yeah. guys for him to chase. Um, they get some rain down there, so you're not having to deal with these dry burnout tracks like we have here. And then they're going to the lake after they're done riding and, you know, having a good time. So I think especially for a young kid like that to be able to just mix it up and go somewhere different and be excited to get on the bike every day, that makes a huge difference. Plus, being down in that humidity, he would show up. At, a, at an east coast, you know, something up in the northeast, and it feels cool to them, you know, where when you're coming from California, even if it is hot, you get in that humidity and you're dying. So I think it helped a lot. I think it was a really good move on his part. Yeah, it clearly it paid off uh, in the form of a title and a 1-1 day at Steel City. Uh, Tomac, Tomac's kind of back, huh, Wygant? Uh, he rode pretty good. Yeah, he rode well at um, uh, Unadilla as well. Yep. Uh, Southwick, I guess everything that could have gone wrong, uh, went wrong. But he, I did, think, but he did have the fastest he, time. Yeah, he had the fast time in practice. The results, you know, didn't come through in the races, but I think the fast practice time showed that he was still, he was back at Unadilla and he continued to be back at Southwick and then was still back this weekend. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then for a moment, he was going after the overall. Um, you know, he actually passed Wilson for a little bit and, uh, and led for a few laps and then Wilson kind of regrouped and got him back, which I was a little surprised to see. I, you rarely do you see that you know, where a guy definitely is the faster guy. He passes him for a little while, and then he loses it. But I don't know. The, the Tomac thing has been as puzzling as anything all year. As strange as it was to see Blake Baggett going that fast, I was just as surprised to see Tomac not on their pace. And it makes me wonder. He grabbed the first whole shot of the year at Hangtown, and I think everyone expected this is it. He's going to walk away. He's going to dominate this series. He's pissed off from Supercross. His dad used to be a mountain bike champion. I don't know if you guys know that. <laughs> I heard that a few times. I uh, yeah. heard that a few times. And then Wilson just reeled him in, and he was very mortal that day. And I, I wonder if that just threw his whole world upside down. Like, to come in with that kind of fire, pissed off from Supercross, pull the whole shot, and then just get beat. I wonder if that didn't set him back, and it's taken a few months to kind of regroup. That break before Unadilla really seemed to help him. I wonder, 
if, and I say this in the nicest way possible, I wonder if he's a head case. I wonder if, you know, like, um, just he, mentally he's not, things, things, you know, knock him off, say, uh, getting past at Hangtown and getting left behind, the heat, the worry about the heat and how he's going to handle it. Maybe all that pingree uh, really affects him upstairs. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't uh, I don't know, you know, I haven't followed him closely enough, spent enough time with him to know if he is that you know, if he is affected mentally by that kind of stuff, but I, I sure have been like like everybody else, kinda of waiting for him to do more, especially outdoors. Um, because he does have that a guy in his corner that's man, he's got fitness and training and oh, here we nutrition go. down here. Here we go. You, you, well no, I'm just saying, right? If you have a guy that good Last summer blew my mind that he, he, he got smoked at Texas and couldn't recover all year. Like I just that was weird to me. And then this summer you think, okay, they've learned less and they're gonna they're gonna have a dial this year. And then he just I don't know, he just wasn't there, right? Like he I expected him on the box like almost every weekend, at least in a moto. And shoot, it was only it's only been a, what, two or three rounds where he's been on the box, so Yeah, I think three now, maybe four, but yeah, three for sure. And, you know, I don't know, maybe we're expecting too much out of him. He's still a young kid, but those Dean Wilson. Yeah, yeah good point. Um, yeah. Uh, he did admit- gauge where his level is. Our whole standard is kind of based around that one win he got at Hangtown last year. Um, mm-hmm. I started to think about it, though. I mean, if you go through the other 11 rounds last year, Wilson was pretty much better in almost every race. So, I don't know, is it like... Should we really be shocked that Wilson was a, maybe a notch better this year, too? Maybe, maybe, maybe our standard was too high. Yeah, I think he set his own bar too high at that over. He should have laid up a little bit. Yeah, yeah. just, just <laughs> gone, out there, so hard on gone out there and sucked first time out. And been like, <laughs> yeah, I'll get better. Yeah. Um, pull off, maybe pull in, you know. Is, is this a surprise? And I don't, I don't want to go Goonies, surprise or crying game surprises anymore because that was a failure last week. But <laughs> is this a surprise paying that Dean Wilson won the title at all? Uh, it is to me only – only looking at his Supercross results. Uh-huh. Um, I felt like he, he kind of got worked a little bit by Barsha, and I don't know if Whoa. he was mentally – I didn't think he would be that mentally strong, but he was – I mean, he's the right guy. He won, he won it. Fair and square. He was yeah. solid all year. So, uh, Wygant, what do you think? Uh, man, that one's hard to answer. Ping, can we get a, can we get a surprise on a level of a movie? Um, Star Wars, maybe that the good maybe, guys won, uh, blew the Death Star up. Grand Torino, you know, like kind of just a little bit of mild surprise, like uh, they, you know, uh, well, well, kind of turned it oh. around, and became friends with the. So you, know. you knew that at the end of Grand Torino, the old racist old man was gonna go and confront the gang and get shot up. What are you, some sort of Kreskin? <laughs> we need to put spoiler alert at the beginning of these. Podcast, man, you're just killing people, dude. Pingree is killing me. Like, Grand Torino had a nice twist. That was a that was a a very good twist on the end. And now Ping's saying that Dean Wilson is you know winning the title is just like that, like a man changing his entire I, I'm life. I'm just like giving you a surprise that. level. I I honestly thought this was Rattray's title to win because he's like. So consistent. I thought that would win it. I thought Dean right. would be a little more inconsistent. Yeah. Yeah, it turns and out. And it was, you know, so fast. Yeah. And I thought maybe Blake was the guy. And then, you know, I, I just, 
it was a little bit of a surprise to me. But looking back, you know, now at the end of the series, he's clearly the best man. Um, yeah, and he wasn't. Not to be confused with, you know, the guy at a wedding who's beside the groom. Yeah, he, and he was very consistent. He was really, yeah. really consistent. Off the podium, I think, only once, maybe twice. Two motos off the podium. Two motos off the po- crazy. podium. Uh, what about you, Wygant? Where do you surprise or not? Well, I'm going to go back even further because um, I think people forget. Like this is actually Wilson's second year. That's it. It's only his second year as a pro. Yeah. So to go out and win this title in your second year is really impressive. And I don't remember anyone buzzing big time about Dean Wilson. You know, when he first turned pro. To give you an example. I was trying to figure out, you know, where was his level when he was finishing up at Loretta's, and I talked to Ryan Holiday, who is the, uh, the team green manager, and I said, is Wilson like a P.J. Larson level kind of graduate for you guys, or you think he's a little above that? And he's like, no, I think he's a little bit better than P.J., obviously. But the point is, that's kind of right. where we thought he might be. No offense to P.J. Larson, but he has not won a championship in his second year as a pro, and Wilson has. Last year I was really – I think he actually has won a championship. What's that? He actually did win a championship. In In Australia. Oh, in Australia. You're correct. Correct. So basically the same. They they, (laughs) they remain at the same level. Well, in that case, Colton Fasciotti was won a lot. Uh, Medaglia. (laughs) Basically the same. Basically the same. My point is that I don't think anyone expected two years ago coming out of the amateur ranks Oh, dude, you got to watch Wilson, man. He's going to win a whole bunch of races next year, and then a year after that, he's going to win the title. Like, I think people would have been like, really? Like, uh, so based on that, I think it's pretty much a huge surprise. This year, maybe we shouldn't have been so dumb. I mean, he did ride really, really well last year. But I'm with Ping. I think that Supercross season seemed to set him back. And I'm surprised to have seen him recover. I mean, the guy wears his heart in his sleeve. He was admitting that he was Barcher's bitch and all these other things in Supercross. It sure didn't seem like he was coming in with a full head of steam, you know? Yeah, I, th- I think to me, um, I would have put Wilson as, as as winning motos and races, but not as consistent as he was. Barsha, Rattray, I mean, we all know, I thought Rattray was going to be, and he, and he has been consistent, just a step off of uh, off of Dean, and, and Barsha's outdoor season was a, was a disaster until he moved to the 450s and surprised just me, apparently, just me. Um, Marvin Musquin, not a surprise to see him on the podium when you think back about it, how huh, again. Well, yeah, but uh, we're a little late. We, we thought we were really smart. Yeah, uh, yeah. Oh, Washougal, wait till you see this guy's back. He's ready. Uh, and then yeah. with Unadilla, oh, this is a Euro-style track. Uh, <laughs> Southwick, oh, all those Euro guys go get in the sand and the mud. Oh, uh, yeah. look out. Um, so I guess we could, heck, I could name Dusty Pipes and say one of these weekends he's going to go top ten and just keep saying every week, okay, I mean this week. Right, right. I would never be wrong until he retires, right? No, that's a good point. And uh, for those Dusty Pipes fans out there, uh, 40-35 this weekend. Tough weekend. Mm, tough weekend for the, for the Pipes fans. Pipes were dirty. Pipes were dirty. They were definitely dusty. They, they were. <laughs> um, what do you think, Ping? Musquin, um, is Musquin a, a third-place guy, or is he a sixth-place guy next year? I, if he can stay healthy, he's going to be – he'll be a podium guy. I mean, okay. I, I actually thought um, watching him at the opener and then kind of progress at Texas, I, I even predicted he would win at least a moto at high point. 
and, uh, and then uh-huh. we all saw what happened in Texas. Like, ruined himself. But right. um, I just I think that guy is really, really talented. He's a hard-working kid, and, um, uh, yeah, I think you're going to see him on the box, and I- I'm anxious to watch him in Supercross, but I think he's got, I think he's got skills. He's going to win. Uh, My take. All right. And that's a French dude, so for me to say that, Ooh. now, come on. Yeah. yeah. All I know is that Roxon and Musquin are going to be a handful next year for Mitch Payton. Mm. Amen to that. It's going to be, it's going to be gnarly. Um, yeah, I think Musquin's going to be going to be really good. Remember, he rode really well at Hangtown and should have had the lead at that moto in Texas. Like, I think that it was all coming together for him. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of hard maybe for a guy to come in mid-season like this. Uh, what do you hear about Gareth Swanepoel, Ping? Um, is he going to go back with that team? He's been silently better lately and quietly, silently having a good outdoor season. He's only seven points back of Tomac right now. No, wait. No, I'm sorry. He's 13 back of Cunningham. Um, I, I don't hear anything. No, me neither. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, you're right, though. He has been having a good summer. I mean, yeah. man, you're, when you're the one guy who steals a moto win from Pro Circuit, I know, you know, that's maybe like right. an insignificant statistic, but yeah. at the same time, you're the only dude to beat one of those guys. You know, that's good. It's really good. Yeah, absolutely. So, I don't know what he'll do, but I haven't heard a word, like not a whisper. The, so. the class is funny. There's three guys with, in the 400s in points. Wilson, Rattray, Baggett. There's three guys in the 200, four guys in the 200s. Tomac, Cunningham, Swanepoel, Tickle. And then there's a big gap to the 100s from there. Like, th- there is clear distinctions between the, the level of riders in that class. And Swanepoel yeah. is in that second group. So, pretty good. Yeah. All right, Gareth Swanepoel. Let's move oh. on from there. Um, Alex Martin. Do you see this kid getting a ride paying next year? I don't know. You know, I, I, you don't, I mentioned but. his name to a team manager who will go nameless and said, man, you know, what about, th- what about Alex? He's, like, really turned it up uh-huh. and a uh, nice kid. And I said, yeah, but he can't go through Supercross books. He can't get through Are you just saying that like, to make your theory correct from last week's show? Uh, I mean, I, you know, I don't know. It seems to me, I've seen plenty of short guys, Ricky Carmichael, who got through whoops just fine. But, um, you know, if he doesn't have them dialed, or they don't feel like, you know, I, I don't know. Well, I think that he's been doing awesome. But, or just based on him being short? Well, that's the thing. You know, when you're short, it's definitely a little tougher to get them dialed. But it can be done. Ricky's a great example of that. Right, so when this guy says he can't go through whoops, is that because he's watched him go through whoops and, see, and saw how bad it was? Or is he just like, dude, look how short he is, there's no way? I don't know. Yeah, that's... I don't know. I wonder if the stereotype is working for him. Or, sorry, against him. Against him, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, Ping, you're not exactly, I mean, the tallest rider around. And you won no, four supercrosses. I, I wasn't, uh, you know, a monster in the whoops either. Right, you know? right. I'd get through them. I was okay. I was, for my height, I was pretty, you know, decent. But right. a guy who's a little bigger, longer legs uh, definitely has a little more confidence going in that if it starts to get ugly, they can lean back and pull. Um, why again? What about Durham? Uh, what do you hear? Uh, you are the soothsayer, Steve Mathis. 
said to him, hey, uh, are you talking to anybody for next year? And he's like, talking to Mitch. So, who said process of elimination that he thought that could be in the cards last week on this show? That would be me. That's right. Well, here's the thing. Um, I mean, here's the thing. He's talented. We all can see that. Yeah. So, yeah. if you have talent, that rises above everything else. You put talent with structure and a good bike, and it's watch out. Yeah, and I think that's what we hit on last week. Like, yeah. yes, technically Alex Martin is now ahead of him in points. But I think, you know, if you look at them, everyone's going to say, well, Alex is the workhorse guy who's giving you everything he's got, and Durham is merely scratching the surface yeah. of how good he could be. But as far as Durham saying he's talking to Mitch, uh, everybody's talking, right? And especially with that team, everybody wants to be on it. And um, I'm not so sure. I mean, he, he was saying, you know, he definitely wasn't set with just the good rides that Durham had the first couple of weekends has not locked him into any sort of a deal with Mitch. Mm-hmm. And since the last ones haven't gone that well, and he didn't have the high point mojo at uh, Still City. I mean, he got ninth in the first moto, which should be good, but he really set the bar high earlier in the year. Yeah. Like, you know, pod- nearly podiuming or nearly winning a moto. So I don't know if it's going to work out like that, unfortunately. You, you never know. And with Mitch, well, Steve, you told me this, and thing you know, talking to him is not enough. you got to beg. You got to be there every day. You got to call him. You got to show up, right, Ping? You got to email yeah, him. You, you got to fly. What, you gotta every every story you hear of a guy where where it was like there was a fight for that last or a one open seat. They literally went down to the shop, you know, every day, sat in his office or sat outside his office in a chair, and you know, you show that you re, you know you got to show him how bad you want it. You can't just call or send emails or whatever. Yeah, Mitch is old school like that. He wants you to really—he wants to really see that you really want that shot. But Dylan literally doesn't have a place in California. Like he actually lives in Pennsylvania, so yeah, he's at a serious disadvantage. What'd you do, Ping? Right. What, what did a young David Pingree do to get hired by the Pro Circuit Powerhouse team? Um, well, you know, I started using their stuff. I guess that was how I got a relationship with them. When I was Suzuki support guy, Randy Lawrence got me hooked up with them. And, uh, so that's how I met Mitch and Bones and all, you know, Buddy Morgan, who was kind of running their, um, you know, the yeah. support at the time. And, and then, uh, just throughout the course of the year, we worked with him a bunch and he just followed me cause I was kind of behind his guys and the factory Suzuki guy. I was the next, you know, with Huffman and then Rhino and then, uh, I think Decker, you know, and then and then I was fourth every weekend in Supercross. And at the Nationals, I had a couple top fives in the handful of rounds I did. So I think, you know, he was he needed a guy. They were letting Pedersen, or, uh, Pedro Gonzalez and Chamberlain go. They had a couple spots. So I, he kind of called me, you know. Like, I definitely told him I'd love to ride there. But right. um, <laughs> it was a different situation where he had, he had rides to fill. Yeah. Um, you know, different time, too. Different time. Totally uh, different time. The Mike Chamberlain hire, one of the more curious pro circuit <laughs> hires ever. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Th- did Mitch think that they were going to add a national to Paris Raceway? <laughs> well, that's the thing, though. If a guy can go fast at one place, why can't he go fast everywhere? Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, we should ask Mike Chamberlain that. Yeah. Why again? Um, you know, for years, remember that guy Jim Chamberlain who was the team manager for a variety of yep. like, Jungle, Jungle Jim? I thought for years, I didn't know that that was two different guys. And I'm like, man, that's that guy who had a Mitch ride for one year. Man. And now he's just a team manager for. 
I didn't know it was two different. All I remember, all I remember about Jungle Jim racing, because I, I was a privateer when he was racing, he would run run up and down the pits pretending to box a speed bag for a warm up. <laughs> He'd walk by your van, running, trotting by your van, like doing the the roll, like Dante Culpepper when he used to score a touchdown. <laughs> what I remember that guy is to me, he's the most French-looking non-French guy. Yeah. The way. Flowing hair. The yeah, black flowing hair. And the first time I ever talked to him and there wasn't an accent, I was like, what? Whoa. <laughs> You're an American. Um, Wygant, Mr. Amateur Motocross guy. Uh, well, at least the most out of us three. Chris Plouffe, Kyle Peters, uh, 19th and 20th overall. Thoughts on that? Yeah, you know, um, Peters had that great ride at uh, Loretta's and he actually beat uh, Bogle in a moto. But I think... I haven't heard this in Bogle, but I think if you were Bogle, you'd be like, yeah, yeah, okay. It's not like all year long or all career long like these two have been at each other. Like Bogle has been, from Loretta's last year through Loretta's this year, he's pretty much been the guy. He's won just about everything. He did get beaten in a moto by Peters there by a couple of feet. But uh, I think there's a reason he had a Geico ride locked in. Now Peters is going to have a star ride. But it sure seems like Star is not afraid to swing for the fences with amateur kids for one year and then let them go, right? Yeah, uh, they love signing up dudes. You sign up young guys, no problem. So I guess this is their next experiment. Yeah. So we'll see. But I guess the point is, if you're looking to say like, well, boy, he didn't he beat Bogle at Loretta's? Why didn't he run top three in motos like Bogle? I don't know if they really are quite at the same level. Mm-hmm. That one race at Loretta's makes it seem that way, but you know, I mean, me- for for what I think 1920th area is actually good for his first race. You can't expect him to be at the Bogle level. Was Plouffe a KTM guy in amateurs? Uh, yeah, lately. Okay, so that's yeah. where that kind of connection, because I couldn't get the, how did the Australian JDR KTM team well, sign he had, up? He had a Honda on his pants when I saw him out testing this week. Oh. You know, before, so has he been riding a Honda? This, this year he was Honda at Loretta's when he won his title, yeah. Well, you just said exactly. he was. Where did that come you, from? You yeah, just I, just, said, I, I didn't know the answer, and I just figured I would sound dumb. <laughs> I, you had annoyed me, the amateur guy, and I didn't want to let you down. <laughs> That was a complete lie. Hey, hey, uh, Wygant, has, has he always been a KTM guy? Yep. 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 Hey, Pink says he saw a Honda on the back of his pants. Yeah, he was riding a Honda. Loretta Lynch. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I think about it. I think he was number 52, and I even interviewed him on the podium with his Honda oh, right there standing God. next to us. How about that? <laughs> okay. Well, and then I'm curious how the Chris Plouffe, JDR, KTM reunion or union came came to be. But uh, what do you – is Gannon Audette going to be back on the team, do we think? Is Kyle Peters replacing Gannon Audette? Are we are we are we hating on Gannon Audette for his season? No, I talked to uh, Regan and he said yes. So they have Peters, and then obviously Cunningham and Sipes are, are signed long term. Yep. So they have room for one more guy. And I said, does that include? And we're looking at riders. And I said, does that include the two other riders you currently have? Yeah. Which would be Swanepoel and um, Audette. And he said, oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. We are looking for riders to finish on the podium. Finish on the podium. And I think that's a ridiculous standard. You know what I mean? Like, if you go by that standard, if you take out um, uh, the Moto win by Swanepoel, he's had a crap summer. If you base it on, you basically are on a podium or you're a loser. Yeah, then he's, he's a loser. I don't know if that's right. a fair standard in that class. It has so many fast guys, but that's what they're looking for. Well, the based team, on that, Swanepoel's good. You know, the team has so much history of stability and smart decisions. And, I mean, there's, one no, and done. there's no doubt. I love the one and done over there. Uh, there's no doubt they'll make the right decision. Perhaps Davalos goes back again. Um, 
I'm just saying, like, really, like, can you get on Gannon Audet's case? Like, is that really fair to say, like, well, that's what you're I'm... off the team, you didn't get in the top three in a moto all summer, you suck. Really? Right, right. That's what I'm saying. I mean, I think uh, we're so spoiled by the Canards and the Dungies and the and the Josh Hills and the Justin Bogles that a guy yeah. like Audet in his first season, he's done nothing wrong. He's been good. Yeah. Ping? Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I thought uh, not, not, not that he stand out anywhere, but he hasn't been terrible. You know, he's had a pretty <laughs> solid year. He hasn't been terrible. There it is, folks. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, it's definitely to me. If he's, and I'm not there every day to see how hard he's working and what kind of kid he is. But if you don't have problems with him, he's not like a, a complete a hole. Why wouldn't you give that kid a second shot? You well, know, like let him now. You got a year into your belt. You know, right. let's well, see what you can do. He's from Minnesota. I believe he lives in Florida with Dungey and rides with Ryan, so he's probably not a complete a-hole. No, I, he used to ride with, with Townley last year, and Ben said nothing but good things about him. Right, so, yeah. I, I, I imagine he's a nice kid. I just don't know him, you know. But, I, but if he was a nice kid and a hardworking kid, to me it's a no-brainer. You give him a second year. Right. Um, all right, anything else? I just keep going back to uh, Durham was on that team his first year. Did decent. Everybody said, man, this kid's got good potential. And then he had a two-year deal, and he still to this day says, I have no idea why. But even though I had a two-year deal, they're like, yep, you're not riding for us next year. So, good move. Will that Hahn. Durham guy's not going anywhere. Will Hahn, same thing. That's what I mean. Like, the one in, I don't know what they expect from these guys. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just a hater. So Maybe that's it. Yeah. Um, 450 class. Uh, anything else on 250s? Any, anyone? Cole Seeley. Did you, guys, did you guys get to hear Durham ride his 125 at press day? Either of you guys? No, I only saw the video, fortunately. It was um, cool, though. I was there. I just fell asleep. Who cares? <laughs> such a douche. Dude, I-, I could care less about these stupid two-strokes. Who cares? You know, like, I mean. Well, I did, or I wouldn't have asked, you dummy. Yeah, but it's stupid. Look, you're not going to race it. If you race it, you're a moron. You're going to get beat down. Badly, they don't compare. They don't compete anymore. So what if it, a guy? He's not saying that he did. It's hey, or he would have raced it. Ping. My brother it, wrote. It was for fun. My brother wrote his eighty-one YZ four sixty-five. You want me to get some video of that for you? <laughs> no, it's a little different. I'm not. It's the same thing. Who cares? He's on a one twenty-five two-stroke. Oh God. Oh, let's make videos. Let's make photos. Ah, oh, Jesus. Holy crap. He's on a one twenty-five. It's so dumb. I don't get it. Here's the missing link of this two-stroke thing that, you know, the fans are going to Ralph. There's a, there's a major disconnect. There's one thing that's in this argument that never gets brought up, and it will never be answered. I wouldn't even know who to ask. All the talk, it comes down to, is there an engineer over in Japan that said, listen, we sell 3,000 motocross bikes a year, or some really small number in the grand scheme of how big these companies are. We are not going to have an entire R&D department to develop two-stroke engines for motocross when every other thing we make is four-strokes, cars, lawnmowers, ATVs, street bikes, watercraft. Why in the hell would we put all this development into this 1% of our company? If everything's four-stroke, that'll make things really easy for us. In other words, we don't care what the rules are. We don't care what the you know, cost on the showroom floor is or the cost of maintenance. It doesn't make financial sense to us to race two-strokes anymore. Does anyone know if that's true? Because to me, it sure sounds logical. I don't know. That makes sense. The problem is they're pricing people right out of the sport. 
Because right. you say, why does it matter, Steve? Uh, to me, the 125 is is uh, a huge kick in the balls. That that bike going away. 252 stroke. Well, I, I get it, but you've got to have an entry level bike for people who don't have eight or nine thousand dollars to go buy a new motorcycle. And that's not a lot of people. It's becoming less and less. So <laughs> whether you're a new kid who wants to get into it or you're, or you're just a guy who doesn't race because you think everyone races, that's a very, very small percentage of people in this sport. Most guys just have bikes. They go ride on the weekends. They ride with their buddies. Those guys don't give a crap what they're riding, really. I mean, a lot of them. They just want to have fun. And that is what that bike is. Um, a lot of fun to ride. Um, you're definitely not going to win any nationals on it. But... Okay, you can, can pick one up for twelve hundred dollars right now. Okay, it, you know, uh, put a new piston uh, and ring in it for two hundred. Okay, and ride the ride the wheels off it. Okay, okay, okay. Let's compare apples to apples because that's what I like to do. Apples to apples. All right. The YZ125 retails for seven hundred and fifty dollars less than a two fifty F. Yep. So there's my apples to apples. So if there were no four strokes in the world, guess what? they'd still be pricing people out of the sport because it's called inflation and making a profit and everything goes up. So that, that whole philosophy is out the window. What can you buy? You say you can buy a $1,500 YZ125 two-stroke. I just, I just bought one for my cousin who wanted to start racing motocross, doesn't have a lot of money, okay. $1,200. It's an 04 YZ125, had probably 15, what, 18 hours. What do you think you can buy? In this guy's shed, dirty is. I don't know. Okay, well, wait a minute. He wants to race motocross, so good job getting the bike that he's going to get waxed on. Good job. He's going to have a lot of fun out there coming back from 40th through the dust. Good job. Uh, Secondly, what can you get a 2004 254-stroke for? Is it much more than $1,500? I have no idea, but who would buy a a a four-stroke that old? Um, I mean, you might as well go buy a grenade and pull the pin out and shake I, it around. I disagree strongly. You can't say that. Every case is differently. There's just uh, – look, look, that's another podcast for another day. But the whole get a video of the dude riding a two-stroke just bores me You don't to death. miss the sound of them. You don't miss the fact that it completely changed how people rode. You had to be so much more aggressive on those bikes. It's a totally different style of riding. I've been, no- I've been doing nothing but watching this dude's DVDs that he's been sending me. T-Blazer on Vital. He sent me about 40 DVDs of old races. I've been doing nothing but watching them. It's been cool. Oh, is this he, a guy that just every day there's like 30 yeah. more posts? Like, 95 red yeah. those up. Yeah, he sent me, he, he sent me a, a shit ton of these DVDs. Um, right. It's also cool to watch a guy, you know, ride a, four, a 454 stroke as fast as he can. I'm not saying it's not. But we see plenty of that. You don't see many 125s anymore. That's the whole thing was. I, I don't remember the last time I saw like a pro I, guy ripping on a 125. I, I wish I would have seen that. That would have sounded I, and then looked cool. I don't That's see. All. I don't see. I many, wasn't trying to say, "Hey, revolution, <laughs> assholes, let's change it all back up." I don't see many El Caminos. I'm okay with that too. Don't worry about it. I mean, I, I did see El Caminos when they were cool and when everybody drove them, and now I don't. Yeah, whatever. I just I just get mad only when. I, it's wishful thinking to think it's. I understand all the benefits of the two-stroke. Got it. Cool. No problem. However, it's wishful thinking to think that all, like, say, MX Sports or if Supercross just regulates it, just make a rule. You know, don't allow it. Um, I think there's a much larger issue. Like I said, there's some engineers over in Japan that said this is not going to work for us. These types of bikes aren't going to work. And until somehow that problem gets solved, 
all the other easy ways you think you're going to bring two strokes back aren't going to happen. I don't, I don't know what the solution to the problem is. I don't think your, your theory is correct, Wagon, although, I, I, I mean, you don't? it could be. I don't know. How, who could I ask? How can I get an answer on that? Here's what I think. When they okay. came out with four strokes, and mm-hmm. motocross action was one of them that wrote about how awesome they were, you got on a four-stroke. You can be lazy. You can leave it in any gear you want. You can clear that yep. double at, at uh, Chicken Licks Raceway. You can change the oil in them. They're super cool. They sold like hotcakes. Yep. Two to one, three to one. Over the, You couldn't find them. You could find two strokes everywhere. Couldn't find four strokes. They're all sold out. Yamaha put in another production run, I remember. Um, and and, and the, the OEMs are like, hmm, what's selling, what's not? Oh, look, four strokes are selling. Cool. We are now making four strokes. It's just a simple matter of supply and demand. That's what all the manufacturers will tell you, too, when you ask them. Well, of course. I've had plenty of conversations with Tim Olsen about it and Tom Owen. And to me, like you said, the price of a 125 right now, a new one, I, I laugh. I'm like, well, that's retarded. And if you go buy a new one, you're getting screwed because that exact same bike sold four years ago or five years ago for thousands less. But you can, you can pick up used bikes super cheap. And for someone who's just getting into the sport or just wants to run, like, to me, that's, like, such a, an easy solution. And, and, and I know Suzuki is bringing their, their two strokes back. They're going to start see them next year. Oh, are they really? That's cool. Good. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad. Right on. No, you're not. You're all pissy. I, I can just see you worked up into a ladder just, over there. I, oh. The whole, uh, hey, did you see Durham riding a two-stroke? Oh, God. Uh, who cares? You know, I saw Jeff Emig ride a two-stroke. That was fast. Ricky Carmichael, he rode one fast. You know, I, I don't know. I just It's a novelty to me, you know, and I don't get it. But I guess I'm the grouchy one because other people seem to like it. So maybe it's me. Uh, let's move on. <laughs> no, let's talk about this the whole time. Well, we could, uh, but let's talk about the 450 class. Hey, uh, by the way, I just want to mention that I have a YZ250F, a 2003 model that I bought in 04, and then it was stolen and ridden on the Pennsylvania Turnpike for about <laughs> nine months, and then all of a sudden I get a phone call from the police. We say, hey, we found someone riding your bike on the, on the interstate, and it was reported stolen. We'll give it back to you. So it comes back. The thing is totally roached. Like the back tires are gone, brake pads are gone. It has quad handlebars on it. I changed oil, fired it up, and rode it. Rode it for about two more years. It was in storage at the Morgantown office for, I think, four years. I picked it up Sunday after Steel City on my drive back to North Carolina, and then I just started it on uh, Monday, and it still runs. And what, what is it, Weed? A YZ250F, one of those POS unreliable four-strokes. What year? Oh, 03. Oh, 03. Okay, so that's the, kind of a new design. They, 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 they changed them up in 03 a little bit. I'm just saying, I think the, the reliability, I'm going to get ruined for saying this, but I think the reliability issues are often based on, you know, the much higher level. Um, you know, you're riding a bike, like Ping says, guys that aren't racing, you're riding one of those bikes for fun. I don't think they're as unreliable as no. the reputation is. A four-stroke, you ride it for about eight hours, and then you're in for two grand worth of engine work. I got jerky buddies who barely change their oil. I got one guy that has 60 hours on his bike. He's asking me what he should do. So. Yeah, I don't think it's as bad. Uh, this is what I remember in 03. The reason I wanted one was because I'm like, sweet, I can go a whole year without having to change the top end and clutch. Awesome. There yeah, you go. They, they definitely do 
Uh, like a two-stroke will start to feel, it'll vibrate and feel old after a shorter number of hours. So there's like maybe more maintenance you do have to do to them. That's something great about a 450, a four-stroke. But when they go, man, get your wallet out. That's all I'm saying. Or just be. Yeah, I agree. Just I being, think the yeah. first part is completely forgotten nowadays, though, by the nostalgia. The first part has been wiped out completely. Or just be an ace tuner like myself. <laughs> well, yeah, but you know, I mean, you know how many people, just regular Joes, know how to, you know, adjust their valves. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, forget it. I have no clue. Uh, you know, you know what I do? Find an ace tuner. Ooh. <laughs> um, the same ace tuner who did a tech tip on Transworld Motocross last year and left a washer out and blew the bike up. <laughs> That'd be me. Uh, Maeda won't let me ever forget it. Hey guys, thanks for listening to the BTOSports.com Racer X podcast show. It's that time. Time for a commercial. Thanks for listening to the BTOSports.com podcast show. Please don't forget that BTO is the world leader in aftermarket motocross parts for the bike or body. You'll find deals like a Shoei VFXW helmet for $309.99, 45% off, or Smith Piston goggles for $32.99, 65% off. Your order can be shipped at anywhere in the USA for free. Or if you're not in the USA, we ship worldwide. Check it out at BTOSports.com. Anyways, um, 450 class, Villapoto Dungy, uh, what a race. Let me ask you guys this. If, and we talked about this on a show, on a Pulp Mech show last night. If Villapoto gets second to Dungy in the first moto, does Villapoto beat Dungy that bad in the next moto? Or do you think, Wygant, the defeat was crushing to Dungy and he, and he had nothing for second moto mentally? Um, oh, is that is right? a complete hedge to, to say both? I think Villapoto was actually maybe a little bit better that day, and he might have won a second moto, but I don't want to rule out mm-hmm. the effect that first moto did have. Um, you know, remember, Villapoto was like three seconds faster in practice or something like that. So he had made the move early in the second moto and got away, and Dungey said that he made some bike changes that hurt him. So I, I don't think it's impossible to believe that Villapoto would have won the second moto anyway. But... It seems crazy that that first moto didn't have some effect on Dungy. I mean, how could it not? Yeah, I, I, I was, uh, I thought it, it was, um, I don't know what, how the hell you say it, but like, RV could have just sat behind him that moto and went like, all right, I'm going to lose three points, but I got this many. You know, do I make a run at him and, you know, risk going down and losing, losing more points or. Right. And. Man, he just hammered down. He didn't let up. You know, to me, that's that said a lot about where his head's at, and just what a, just how determined he is to get this. You know, like last lap, last corner, really. And and a and a sweet pretty, move. Pretty gnarly. Yeah, and a sweet move at that. Like incredible pass. Yeah. Well, here's the question. So I'm gonna I'm not the host of the show, but I'm gonna pose it to you guys. Was that a sweet pass by Villapoto, or was it a choke job under pressure from Dungy, as some have theorized? Because he yeah. did bobble. You mean uh, some of number 33 on a factory Honda? Yes, a factory Honda rider who has proven himself with multiple championships under pressure what, uh, for the years. Uh, uh, did he pull that tweet? I hope he did. I, I hope he didn't mean that. I hope he didn't mean it. <laughs> I hope he didn't mean that. I hope he was just ha, 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 you know, like Steve Cox style, <laughs> you know? You think, really? Like, I, you know, I, I wonder if... I wonder if, if he called Dungy on, on Saturday night and said, hey, 
Uh, I was just kidding about that choke job. Ah, I'm done. You went, ah, it's okay, buddy. Ah. I'm wondering that, too. <laughs> wondering that. I'm really wondering. Like, fine uh, game level of wonder. It, here's the thing. Dungey's last lap was slow. 229. Um, what is going on there? What is happening? Who's talking? Me? What's going on with the noise? Kids, noise. Well, I'm at SeaWorld, bud. So what happens? You're like there right now? I'm in the parking lot. Oh, well, say hi to Shamu for me. I will. Um, Dungey's last lap, 229. Flat. His lap before that is is three laps before that, 227. RV's last two laps, 227. Dungey's last lap, 229. Cost him, you know, and not just that last turn, but the entire lap was was slow. So I don't know what happened. Was it lappers? You know what was the deal? So I tend to think, Wygant, you're right. It wasn't so much RV, a nice pass by RV, but it was Dungey's last lap that whoa, cost him. Whoa, whoa, hold on, hold on. I'm I'm. I'm posing a theory. I don't know the answer. I don't want it to be known that I said that Dungey choked in the last lap. Oh, no. weed, you're backing it up. No, no, okay, yeah, you're right. Of course he didn't I choke. Said, yeah, I said, no, of course. <laughs> as many people are saying, and then you said Josh Grant, which is the one that tipped it off because he's the one that tweeted it. Yeah. I don't know. I've watched, I've reviewed this. I must have watched it 35 times yesterday on tape to try to figure out, like, what made Dungey make a mistake there? Why did this happen? I only saw one other pass. In that section all day, and it was Rattray who went up on the grass completely illegally to make it happen. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's the, like Villapoto's the only guy that was able to make that happen. So is that good on his part, or was Dungey's bobble the only reason he was able to get by? It's right. perplexing. Whatever it is, it's 14 points going into Paula. I know, but is it fair to say that he choked it away, or is Villapoto just awesome? I don't know. Well, Jesus, I just finished telling you, and you don't, you're still asking the same question. Then maybe you're right. Maybe I, maybe not, Dungey is a little bit to blame there. I didn't say choke. We're not didn't choke. That's a bad word, Josh. Right. But his last lap was two twenty nine. There's there's no doubt about it. If he had kept his two twenty seven pace, R V does not make the pass. True. So that's it. True. His last yep. lap cost him somewhere in that last lap. A lapper, head shake, something. Oh. Um and once again, we can go back to if this were any other sport and the equivalent of that happened. The guy would get hell for it. He just would. You know what I mean? Like, if the guy, if you like fumbled the ball and caused a turnover, like on the last second of the game, like, would you not be the goat in a bad way? Yeah, but if you look at a NASCAR race, like a motorsports, if some dude edges some dude out at the finish by, you know, half a second, it's celebrated as a as a terrific race, as an epic race. Oh yeah, and you're just like the one guy. Oh, I must be so bummed. He almost had it. Right. And that's it. As opposed to, like, he threw it away. Instead of say your fellow competitors are saying you choked. <laughs> but in NASCAR, it's, well, we had a good run there with the number four car. And, uh, you know, hell, he got the better of us. But, uh, hey, uh, you know, fantastic race. <laughs> that's really good. That's good. That was good. I've been um, working on my NASCAR spiel there. Wh- wh- what do you think, uh, paying Paula 14 points? What? What? I mean. It's uh, over? Who knows, right? But, yeah, it's over. It's I mean, over? I don't know. It's not going to rain. You're going to have mud. We could have an earthquake, and the track could split in two, and Villaboda could fall in Yeah. to the San Andreas Fault. But short of that happening, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I am going to defend Dungey on, on one thing. In Supercross, we took a little heat because I said that I didn't feel like from watching the races that the chain problem in Anaheim, you, I don't think it would be fair to just add the points he would have gotten that day because I feel, hey, 
there were 16 other races where his bike didn't break. He won one of them. If he really was like the man in the series and the math didn't work out, you wouldn't go one for 16 on wins. You know what I mean? He had plenty of chances. And I feel at the Salt Lake race, everybody had their chance to win. Villapoto pulled it out. He's your undisputed yeah, champ. Right. I feel outdoors, I think it's different. I think Dungey was every bit as good. You can look at the amount of wins he had, some of the ways he won races. You know, he ran down Villapoto and beat him straight up a few times, which he never did in Supercross. No. He did it here. So I think Dungey's case is legit. And if it's not even just the math, but let's say Dungey's bike didn't boil out of fuel at Freestone. And most of the year, now it appears that we know that Villapoto was kind of struggling with his bike most of the series. And apparently with his health because he's overtrained and too skinny. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so let's say while all this is going on, Villapoto is 30 points down on Dungey and every week struggling with something on his bike or whatnot. You've got to figure the atmosphere over there for him and his team is a little bit different than we're struggling, but hey, we're in the points race anyway. So. I think where I wouldn't say that the chain problem in Supercross, I don't think it's fair to say, well, just add those points to Dungey's total. He'd be right there. Right. I do think it's fair to do it here. Yeah. I think Dungey um, almost shouldn't have been in this position. Yeah, some good points um, there because, yeah, you're right. We did uh, we did, we did, did see Dungey straight up get walked away from in Supercross, and we haven't seen that. Not only have we not seen that outdoors, like you said, we saw Dungey run RV down, run him down like yeah. a dog. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, so can, can you? Ex- I think he did get the short end this time for sure. Can you expand on that point about RV getting overtrained? And and he, you asked the question in a press conference to Ryan, and uh, he didn't seem too happy about that talk. He's obviously heard it. Yeah, I would assume he he had heard it. I said uh, a lot of people were criticizing you, saying that you lost too much weight, you overtrained, you're burned out. But you know, these last couple of rounds, you've actually been better as the series has gone on. He's gotten better, mm-hmm. which you would think would be the opposite. Um, I, I feel like he didn't slam it because he felt like he, did, he thought that was just random fan chatter. Maybe he didn't listen to our Jeff Stanton podcast. <laughs> yeah, maybe not. And said he will, dis- he will declare he has Epstein Barr when the year is up. Yeah. So wait. yeah. Um, but he said, oh, that's just people that don't have any idea what's going on. They just sit there on their keyboard and type stuff in. That's not the issue. But we had problems with our bike, and we switched to the 2012, and now we're all good. Yeah. That's essentially what he said. But that talk is coming from people that uh, are in the pits. It is. That's what surprised me. If yeah. he thinks it's only coming from fans. Oh, I've heard it from very high-end people who should who should know or yeah or should know better. I don't know. Either way. Right, right. Well, I I tell you, who knows what he'll if he'll say anything or if there's anything. But at, a, at the very least, he trained harder this year than he's ever trained. Okay, and. And uh, Alden's put him through paces he's never had to do. When he got after Vegas, before Hangtown, you know, when you are working your body that hard, it's going to take longer for it to recover when you really dig it into a hole. Tell me about it. It's going to. Yep. So, at the very least, he dug himself into a hole with sickness, the flu that he got, and it took him a while to get out of it. That would be my take on it. Mm Mm-hmm. If there isn't something more, you know, if it's not, you know, Epstein Bar, chronic fatigue. Even if it looks like he's good now and he emerges champ, it did have an effect maybe at some point. Maybe that's why he was down early. Ping, you know what my favorite thing at SeaWorld is? Huh? You know what my favorite thing at SeaWorld is? What is it? Well, you buy those dead fish and you feed them to the walruses. 
<laughs> you like that? Yeah, I could do that all day because then the birds dive bomb you and try to get them from you, and then when you throw them to the different walruses, they 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 kind of don't care about each other and they'll jump all over each other to try to get at one stupid fish. You know? It's pretty good times. Good times. It's pretty an open time. It's an open tank. You know what I mean? There's all those guys. Uh, I, I'm at the gates here, and the music's starting to get loud. Yeah, I don't know if you can hear it. It's like yeah, we can hear it, and that's why. Or um, I can. Yeah, so. Uh, I'm not, not going to carry you through the rest of my afternoon experience, but I'm going to cut aloe again and bow out and let you guys just finish this off. Yeah. You got it under control? Yeah, please feed the walruses for me. Throw them, give them a fish to me. I will. Thank you. You guys have a great rest of the show. Two strokes rule. Suck it. <laughs> All right, David Pingree <laughs> at SeaWorld. Uh, well, again, we'll, we'll talk a little long, while longer and then we'll wrap this thing up. Uh, Chad Reed's first appearance on the podium since his crash. But again, yeah, third in that moto, yeah, yeah third in yeah. the moto, but still not uh, not on the pace that he once was. No, it's pretty amazing actually how that how that uh, how that has turned out. I mean, it's the same guy in so many ways. The same guy who, like, it's just it's crazy to think though, right, that he could have run with RV and Dungey at that track on that date if that crash, even though it didn't cause any injuries, had not happened. Like yeah. that is. Bizarre to see that, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, just a tale of two two seasons. Unbelievable. Um, I think what it is with Reed is, you know, we've all been able to sit here on the sidelines for years with him and be like, man, if you were just hanging out a little more, hanging out a little more, if you were just hanging out a little more, you know? Uh, we've said that for years when he was, you know, always looking for those few tenths of a second with Stewart or Carmichael or whatnot. So I think it shows, like, it's like he actually did maybe this year outdoors. Maybe he did hang it out to that extra little bit that we always wanted to see, and then it's, you know, it's very hard to just turn that on. You know, only when he was in this absolute perfect zone could he do that. Have you had anything like what happened to Reed happen to you in your life? Like, were you on a real roll in, I don't know, on Seaside? I got a, yeah, I think I got a good one for you okay. here. Okay, yeah. I think I got a good one for you here. Um, my first year doing these uh, nationals in '09, um, the scuttlebutt I was hearing was that, you know, speed dudes are like, who the heck is this guy? We don't train people on the air. Uh, he's never done live TV. He's no good. Like before the year started, right? And then, you know, I just figured off oh, I'd get the chance I'll do a decent enough job. And then I did. And they said, oh, he's fine. We'll keep him on. That was it. That was the level of compliment that I got. He's fine. Yeah. Um, fine. And then at the last race of the year, um, Rick Miner, who's like the head of speed, he's the guy that like really makes these decisions. He's like, he's only going to come to one motocross race ever. And he was coming to Steel City. So for some reason, they decided to have an extra meeting we had never had all year at 10 a.m. on Saturday. We never have 10 a.m. Saturday meetings. You know, we were in a routine at all 11 rounds doing the same thing. So Bailey and I are out on the track because it was Bailey and I that day. And um, uh, we got stuck out there because Bailey is on a quad. And basically, if you don't find the one way you're allowed to cross the track by the time practice ends and the next one begins, you're screwed. You know? Uh-huh. So I was like shoot, do I just say see you later and run away from him and just leave him stranded in the center of the track to miss the meeting himself? But this was Bailey, dude. This is like my guy. This is awesome. I'm hanging out with David Bailey. Like, it was so cool to work with him. Right. So we just figured we'd work it out. And by the time we finally were able to cross the track and we got there, it was like 10, 15, and it must have been the shortest meeting in the history of meetings. They were done. Mm-hmm. And so I never even got to talk to the Rick Miner guy. I have no idea if he hates me or likes me at this point. And then I know I'm late for a meeting, and everybody else says, TV business, it's an on-time business. If you don't show up for a meeting, 
you might as well be dead. And I'm like, okay, good. Yeah. Good. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. Feeling good about today's shows then. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, I never saw him all day, and then we did our on-camera stuff. And I would be kidding you if I didn't say that. Every moment of the day, that's all that was running through my mind. I blew it. I blew it. I blew it. I won't even have a chance to talk to the guy and explain it. I blew it. I blew it. I blew it. I'm ruined. He's never been back to a motocross race since. He probably never will come back. You know what I mean? It's like the mo- that was the first year we were on speed at that level. So he yeah. checked it out. Everything's where he, need- he doesn't need to come back. So I don't even know how far that set my career back. But holy crap, does that have an impact on me that day? And like anytime his name even comes up, I just shudder like, oh, yeah, he knows I'm the guy that missed the meeting. Okay. Is that relevant? Is that relevant? No, because then you would have to, your story would have to switch to you did a terrible job because of this catastrophe oh, of a missed meeting. The part, dude, the part we did, you can ask Amig or Bailey or any of the guys. I don't believe I've ever screwed up a take in the three years we've done it. Like, whenever we do those on-camera things, I just do them. I think one time I made it said round five instead of round six, and they're like, whoops, we got to go back. But to straight up just not put the words together, never, 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 I never do that. And it must have taken me five takes to get it right that day. Oh, well, see, yeah, now that story comes into play. Here we right, go. Right. Yeah. And then I don't ever get any feedback from anyone, you know, on the actual crew. But I do remember one time where I, like, begged and pleaded for our, our speed guy that is there every week. He's like, yeah, you know, we can tell you're a little bit new with the on-camera stuff. And I'm like, I know why they're saying that. They're saying that because the big boss was there one time and saw that it took me five takes. And he'll never know. Right. Ever, unless you're there, you don't know how many takes it took. Yeah. So he probably thinks I take five takes every time for yeah. the rest of my life. Right. Five takes, why can't? Well, you do, you do get feedback on Vital MX every now and then. Yeah, well, but I learned great things, like when the gate drops, the moto begins. Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of a kind of and a I bonus. I take it to heart because we, we had it dialed this weekend. Yeah, yeah, you guys really nailed it. Every time the gate dropped, we knew the race was starting thanks to the advice that I got. That's fantastic. Uh, hey, what so, about you? You've got a, you got a rattled story like that? Um, eh, it's too long. I don't want to get into it. I got a few. All right, right good. Okay. Um, uh, hey, since the new bike, 2012, Jake Weimer, been good? Been solid. Been better. Yeah, yeah, definitely been better. Been solid. Um, you know what I'm looking at? I was thinking about this today. Um, Honda signed another rider, but I don't want to – a new rider, but I don't really want to get into that. Um, anyway, I'm wondering if these teams are looking at – you know, we have A rider, B rider, so to speak, is the way it's turning out. If you look at all these teams, right? If you look at yeah. Villapoto and Weimer, Dungey and Metcalf, um, except for Reed's team, <laughs> LM1. But he's, well, my point he, is, he's going to have another rider. Yeah. What's that? He's going to have a second rider next year. Reed is going to have, for sure. Yeah, he's hired a mechanic and everything. Okay. Um, it's just weird because I know when the, Reed was going after Dungey rumors started in Supercross, everyone, like Dave Osterman, the team manager, said, you know, if we had the money, we'll go after a guy like Dungey, but we're not taking a second-level guy. You know, oh. Chad either wants a guy at his level to ride with, test with, or don't bother. So... Uh, we'll see. Uh, yeah. Okay. Who's left? Yeah. Porcel? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, they'll have a second rider that won't be as good as Chad Reed. That's my prediction. Right. That's, yeah, I guess that's inevitable. If they're going to have a second rider, there's nobody left. Right. Anyway, my point is that um, yeah. I think it's almost like these teams have elected, we've got one guy, and then we have our second guy. And it's almost like you're doing your job as long as you're in that battle with the other team's second guy. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, right, right. And lately... This uh, new Honda rider, who I'd rather not talk about, um, <laughs> who will be Trey Kennard's teammate, 
has been running right there with the other second guy, Weimer. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's what really impressed them. Um, yeah, maybe. I feel like, uh, you know, Metcalf and Weimer were going at it hard for a long time. And now Meddy sort of separated himself. But Weimer has separated himself. And maybe at the expense of the new Honda rider or the 800. Uh, I'd say the 800, but I've been impressed. I think the new Honda rider has been fairly close to Weimer, even during this uh, yeah. Weimer surge. Surge, yeah. But it's funny. At the beginning of the year, I was joking with Meddy almost every week on, man, you and Weimer seem to hook up every week. Oh, yeah, man, we've had some crazy battles. But if you bring it up to him now, that never happened. Oh, yeah? <laughs> oh, yeah. It's like I don't think he wants to be thought of as Weimer level. He wants to be at Villapoto Dungy Reed level. Okay. Now. Well, he did win a race. But if you look at the results, you're yeah. right. He has broken away a little bit, so maybe that's his right. He has. Yeah, he hasn't, he, hasn't, uh, he hasn't battled back and forth. With, uh, you know. But it's strange how they've both gotten better. So, um, you know, Metcalf got But he third. does battle him. Even in the second moto at Southwick, when he ended up winning the overall, he did have to get past Weimer in he the did. first couple laps. He did, yeah, but then he left him. Then he did leave him. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, he, maybe he's saying he wins those battles, but yeah. they're in a battle. They're in a battle. Yeah. Um, uh, what about the 800? Thoughts on him? Yeah. Is Here we go. Okay. So I ran into uh, Tony Alessi. I don't know if you're familiar with him. Mike's dad. <laughs> yep. He's he's been to so a few races. The, Comes to a few races. What's that? He comes he to a few, races. Fr- yeah. few races here and there. I don't know how much he knows about motocross. I don't know if he's really into motocross or not. Yeah. No idea. But anyway. I saw him at uh, Southwick, you know, and I was like, how's the prospects for next year or whatever? And he was very big on, you know, we just need to finish the year top five and not be hurt. Just need to not be hurt at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. That's the goal. You don't want to buy a used car that you don't know if it's all banged up. You want, want something fresh, and that, that's what the teams are interested in. Uh-huh. I don't know ever if I've heard in the sport like top five at the end of the year healthy is what everybody's looking for. <laughs> well... If you're Michael Lessie and you missed four motos, you know, top five is pretty good. Really? Well, yeah. yeah. I was actually – I hadn't even really thought about the fact that he was in the fifth, and I was like, wow, that is impressive. I mean, for yeah. example, Weimer has been in every race. Yep. He's six. And he's way ahead of him in points. That is pretty good. Not way ahead, but, um, yeah, ahead. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah, and also uh, – um, yeah. But my point is you would think on the outside you would think – Man, Alessi, if he could, he would just love to get that one podium before the year is over, man. Just please, just try to get that one podium. You would think that's the goal, but apparently the goal is to just finish up top five, yeah, be healthy, be healthy. Yeah, uh, the it seems the opposite of what you would think. The level of excellence has been a little more accepted at the Alessi camp. Do you feel? I sure think so. I think it has I mean, been. You're when you like talk the whole to them, yeah. you're waiting for the old, like, Alessi cockiness to come out, but they don't have it. No. Nope. They're, they are, Mike is just another rider battling for potential podiums. They, they don't talk trash on any other riders. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. they don't say who they're better than or, right. you know. Like, if you were to ask, if you were to call Tony right now and say, is Villapoto better than Mike, he would be like, yeah, he is. Yeah. Yeah. No, he would be. You're right. Um, uh, Kyle Regal came from dead last to eighth, second moto. Rode pretty good. Yeah, I'm really wondering where he would have fit in with that group if he was here all year. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, I know he's been getting these eighths and ninths, but that's probably not fair to judge him on that. Again, he's coming in, you know, mid-season. Yeah. And, 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 okay, am I getting in trouble to say that the, the Butler Brothers equipment probably isn't quite the same as the, you know, the aforementioned group? You know, Alessi, Metcalf, Weimer or whatnot, they are factory riders. Uh, got to be a little drop, drop back, right? 
Well, in our sport, you'll immediately get ruined. The sport's going to call me? And... Yeah. Okay, sorry. Then I take it back. Ruined? Ru- ruined. Probably get ruined. 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 Yeah. Yes, ruined. Um, uh, like, I wanted to write about how, why Nico Izzy didn't ride the last couple nationals. Mm-hmm. Because he didn't, his team didn't test, and he was really disappointed in the bike. But I, this isn't being recorded, is it? No, 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 no. Continue no. on. Carry on. Yeah, because I can't put that on the record, because even though it's true and the rider said it, you would still get ruined by whatever team he was on. No, that's not true. Yeah, is that yeah. not how it works? Yeah, no, for sure. No, exactly. Yeah, yeah it's it's uh, sort of ridiculous. Um, okay. uh, frustrating end of things, trying to report on the sport for a living. No doubt about yeah. it. Um, and their sponsors will, their sponsors will get so mad. We don't care if it's true. Don't put it up. Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. Um, now, I'm, not, I'm seriously not just asking this, you know, because he's Canadian. But what do you think of Fasciati? I mean, is that uh, you'll is have it, to, you, can I ask you a question about him first? Yeah. It, this is like the most hard packed, slippery track at like a national in like 15 years. I don't know what the deal was. Did you notice that? It, did, it wasn't even like Steel City normally. Like, what was the deal with yeah. that? Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't, wasn't very good. It wasn't very no, good. I didn't hear many good things about it. No. So, my question no. to you is how does that compare? Like, is, is, like, are there hard pack tracks? Is he from an area where he rides in a hard pack? Or was this, like, terrain, like, a lot? No, yeah, no, 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 not at all. There's a lot of Canadian national tracks that are prepped terribly. I mean, prepped <laughs> the same way as Steel City. Um, so, yeah, no, he can, he, you know, he's not a specific uh, sand rider like he did good at Southwick no. or anything like that, you know, so. Um, he grew up in BC. He lives in Ontario now. So, I would say well, he's well-rounded. What was it? Ten, thirteen. Ten, thirteen. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that's pretty good. But I, I almost expected more, to be honest. Oh. I, okay. I mean, when I think of who was in front of him, I guess I have to run. I've said this before. Did I say, well, in order to say a guy should be top ten, you got to look at what riders were in the top ten he should have beaten. Right. Yeah, you're famous and, with and, this. Yeah, you're very good at this. Yeah. So maybe that's wrong for me to say that, but I don't know. I was expecting. A little more fireworks. Is that is that wrong? Mm. What about you? Nah, it's perfect. I said tenth before the day started. You know, he's on a strange perfect. Honda and um, a couple of days of testing only, a couple of days of riding on it. So what? Ten thirteen. That's fine. He got a little tired in second moto. Are you saying his team doesn't test enough? <laughs> I'm saying he jumped from a Yamaha to a Honda in the you know in the middle of a week. So. Are you saying the Honda sucks? <laughs> yes, that's exactly it. Yes, exactly. Uh, um. Hey, Justin Barsha, uh, f- now this is w- more what I expected. Some whole shots. I'm going uh, to make a prediction. I'm yeah. going to make a prediction right here. Okay. That, that train is stopped. That train is done. That train is done. You will not see Barsha at that level at Pala, even if he is racing, which I don't know. I think he actually hit his head a little bit. But I think he was coming in running on adrenaline, and now reality has slapped him in the face. Okay. Wow. Bold words. I mean, I'm I know, okay I, I, with him getting fourths and fifths. I'm okay with that. That's good. Oh, yeah, but I don't think you're going to see it. I don't you're, think you're going to see it this weekend. You're not even going to see that? No. Wow. Wow, you're yeah, a I hater. That, I, or as I, Kenny Watson would say, you're a hatter. Well, I'm a hatter. I'm just, just trying to, like, I, I think that, that, like I said, he came in, you know, it was good. That's, that's how these riders do well sometimes. Right. They bump up the class. The pressure's right. off. He's fired up. Mm-hmm. And, like, how excited would you be going to the race thinking, like, Villapoto might be the fastest guy in the world, but I think I can beat him this weekend. Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> he's probably not thinking that now. Mm-hmm. So um, I think reality's hit him, in, hit him in the face right there. 
a couple of veterans, Michael Byrne and Nick Way, both got uh, their best finishes of the year, ninth and tenth. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So that's, I guess, what we got to do is go back and compare that to Sassiotti and say, well, wait a minute. Right. Sassiotti gets beat by Byrne. Is that actually bad, or is that pretty much where they should finish? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah you know, good and, point. And uh, you want to talk about a train that is off the rails? You want to talk about a yeah. train that is stopped? A train yeah. that is on fire and completely Ooh. demolished? The Ricky but D- on fire, but not like a going fast on fire. No, analogy. no, I mean on fire, like crashed and exploded. Okay. Uh, the Ricky Dietrich train. What in the hell? He, I guess he just pulled off in the first moto. Just pulled off. Didn't race the second moto. I would be surprised to see him at Paula this weekend. I when think, was the last time he had a decent moto? I think while well, Unadilla won moto, he was all right. He, uh, he got 11 points, which is a 10th. That is unbelievable. And, and, after, way. and since then, uh, you have to go back to Thunder Valley, first moto. T- he got an eighth. I, I got to go back to JT, who on this show after Texas said, I think Nick Way's bummed because some of his teammates are doing really well because they didn't have to test for Supercross and they just spent months getting ready for outdoors. Right. And I knew that was a direct shot across the bow right. of Ricky Dietrich. And I was like, what are you talking about, dude? It's his second motocross race. He's only going to get better. Yeah. Yikes. Mike, right. you are right. The, the, the train came into the station on fire, and then they caught the station on fire. <laughs> Blew that up. Yeah. Uh, and, and you, you know, he had some off-track troubles that I guess, um, you know, all the charges were dropped from that. But his decline started before that. You can't point to that and be like, well, this is what happened to him. He, start, he was yeah. already going downhill, and I, I don't know what happened. Didn't qualify at Southwick. A little bit not his fault uh, entirely, bike problem. But, uh, yeah, DNF oh. for that train. And then where does he go from here? Well, it goes back to work series, I think, if, he, if he's smart. Yeah, but the problem with that series is, okay, I'm assuming that I don't think Cowie was too pumped about the way it ended up. Like, he had a pretty good deal. Uh-huh. For whatever reason, I don't think it ended on really good terms. Oh, okay. Uh, and so I don't think they're just going to be like, hey, you left us, and we'll welcome you right back. Right, right, right. There aren't, there isn't that much depth in the work series as far as like good rides. Like yeah, two or three. Right. So unless one of those teams picks him up, which could happen, like KTM is Kirk Caselli. He's going to Europe next year, so maybe, maybe he gets Cassell- on there. Caselli's he's going good. to Europe. What's he doing in Europe? Yeah, he wants to run World Enduro, um, just uh, to do something different. That so, sounds like so fun. anyway, yeah, That's, it's uh, still for KTM. It's just like a lateral move across an entire ocean, but. uh <laughs> So, but but if teacher doesn't get that, like that's it. Like you don't make money. I think beyond like the the three, two or three factory rides that are yeah, there. So, right. this is this might not be a happy ending. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's not gone his way, no doubt. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't understand. I mean, he obviously can ride well. Like, how could you just? Are, it can't be that he just does, he just isn't that good or isn't that fast or isn't talented enough, right? No, no. I don't know. Yeah. No, I agree. Yeah. It's not all that. How yeah. how are you doing with this with the new Honda Rider? Like, are you gonna have? Are you gonna be okay? I don't know why they'd want to hire a guy like that. Right. He obviously has no loyalty, right? Right. Clearly, clearly not. And he's not. He's not even that good. Really. He doesn't val- He doesn't value friendship. No, he sucks pretty much as a rider, as a person. Just completely sucks through and through. Right. Yeah. I mean, how can you argue that? Right. Right. 
So, uh, so you're lashing out. Yeah. You're step two, um, anger. Yeah, it was definitely denial. Yeah, several days. Yeah. Now it's anger. Now it's anger. Um, Soon, I don't remorse. Next year, I would I would ask you to not bring his name up on these shows. Okay, we can do that. Very tense. It'll be very tense between us when we have to see each other. Yeah. Races. The uh, the rider formerly known as an XJGR rider. That's what we'll say. Yeah, and it's not Millsaps. Right. Uh, yeah. Millsaps. Forgot about Millsaps. Uh, I guess he's not coming back this weekend. Les Smith will be filling no, out. He's so. not. He is not coming back. Uh, did get his knee fixed up. Yep. I think he could start riding this week, but that would really be rushing it to come and race one last race. So. Yeah. He might be doing himself um, more harm than good. I talked to uh, you know J Bone, and uh, their deal with Brayton was whew, there. It is. Oh. You know they're happy for him. They're not. They're. Take my emotions out of it, the fact that I feel, you know, betrayed and used and yeah. cheated on and, mm-hmm. and lied to, and um, they don't feel that way. They're, they're, like, good for him. Yeah, well, they're wrong. In your mind? Uh, no, I mean, I'm just, that's what you feel like in your mind. Um, they're yeah, wrong. Yeah, yeah, well, you know, I don't understand. I don't expect everyone to understand our relationship. All right. Um, hey, okay, let's wrap this thing up. Anything else? Is that it? Um, we talk about everything. Trying to think of some silly, trying to think of some silly season stuff, but uh, um, the Honda rider who I will not name. I think that was really the the big story that broke. Yeah, uh, yeah, I think so. I don't uh, know if you've heard a rumor of Dungey going to KTM. Have you heard that one? No, no, oh. <laughs> <laughs> haven't heard that one. Um, hey, I went over to the Suzuki team and asked them about. Um, and I can only bring this up on the show because they didn't tell me anything. I don't want the guys to think whatever they had told me I would have said on the air. Like if they gave me like, you know, the secret. DNA code to cure cancer, and they needed to stay secret from terrorists or something. I would, I would keep it secret. Right. But uh, they said, as of right now, we have Medicine. They didn't mean that's all. Like that's what we're going with. They just mean right now they have Medicine. Okay. All right. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. All right. Yeah. It was the answer was because I said, "What's the plan for next year?" And they just said, "Right now we have Medicine." They didn't mean next year. Medi's our only guy. Well, as of now, that's all they can say. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see yeah, we'll see. I out. mean, the number seven, James Bubba Stewart, is out there and is doing something. And until okay. he does his something, we're not going to know a lot of stuff. Yeah, the, everyone said that the dungy, you know, once the dungy thing falls into place, yeah. everything falls into place. But yeah. what I don't think anyone realized at the time was that Stewart, everybody thought, was in place. But maybe not. Yeah, correct. So that's yeah. the next thing to fall into place. And then I think from there, you know, JGR will be able to make a move one way or another. Uh, and Suzuki, you know, is is apparently, you know, offering bikes to people and maybe Chad Reed even. Who knows? So still a lot going on. I still say it's way more interesting than it used to be because you didn't have JGR teams and Chad Reed teams and Brooks McGrath, if this team happens, teams to be in play for these riders, to potentially get bikes from manufacturers, and then manufacturers have to make the big decision of, does their support just stay with us? Do we yeah. run a factory team and a team? And then you see with the Yamaha, it starts getting tempting to not have a factory team at all. Like, these are, these are tough decisions. It's not like the old days where it was like, okay, this guy was at Yamaha for three years. He's done with them. Now it's our turn to get him. Didn't it used yeah. to seem like that? Yeah, 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 exactly. Or like, hey, nobody wants him, so, you know, so he's moving on. Like, he's going to be a privateer now. You know, like, yeah, yeah. There's there's way too many angles now. 
Yeah, you're um, right. It is, it, and it's kind of kind of gnarly. Yeah, and we all know in this sport, there you just you can't really manufacture guys that win. There's just the guys that are are the guys that are. So then, does the team just take a year off? It was so strange. Can anyone help us? Who, when Ricky Carmichael was done at the end of 2007, what was Suzuki's 450 team in 2008? We were bench racing on Friday, and we couldn't even think of, like, was it just Michael Byrne? Yeah, I don't know. We, that's all we had, right? That's all we could come up with, which may be the point. Like, do the, a couple teams just say, eh, we couldn't get anybody. Like, we're just mm-hmm. going to go with a one-rider team. Hey, our, uh, our Pulpomex fantasy football draft is... Uh, about to start? But, well, starting in 23 minutes. I have first overall pick, but it's a totally random. Of course. It, no, it's totally random. Yeah, so whatever. I just checked it though. I have first pick, so I'm probably going to pick Adrian Peterson. Just because. Yeah. The bad thing is, is that I gotta wait a long time before it comes back to me. But, um, you know what? I'll be honest. You screwed yourself with your little cheating that you did to give yourself the first pick. No, I didn't do that. I don't want first pick. I'd like to have fourth pick, fifth pick. Doesn't it work? The first pick then is first. Uh, the last pick is first pick in round two. Yeah, it goes. It's a. It's a. What do they call that? Snake. Right. Yeah. I would argue. I would argue that in fantasy, you'd almost. Almost be better to have the last pick. Yeah, you're tenth out of twelve. So. Yeah, let's see. That could work. Yeah. Because we all know in running backs now, maybe not Peterson. If you don't have the first three picks, it's pretty much a wash at running backs, right? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. So you'd almost rather, if you're not in the top three picks, you'd almost rather you, be the back of the line yeah, in the first you, round. And right away off the bat, you'd pick up a good running back and a good quarterback right off the hop. Yeah, yeah. The quarterback there's almost a bigger drop off than I agree. running back. Yeah. Yeah. So you've actually screwed yourself by cheating. No, I, I, okay, well, whatever. I, I don't know yeah. what I can do to try to. Oh, the league commissioner, the guy who runs the whole thing, is hurt. Ch- change your mind uh, on that. Um, okay, bud. Well, hey, um, that's it. RacerX, BTOsports.com, RacerX podcast, uh, Steel City wrap-up. Thanks to Ping, who's uh, knee-deep in sardines right now. And uh, thanks to you, Wygant, for coming on. And we'll do this uh, one more week, and then I don't know what we're going to do from there. So. Oh, we'll figure out something, my friend. Do you, while we're on the air, let's let's handle this boss employee relationship. Yeah, yeah. Hey, boss man, do you yeah, want in front this? Of the world. Do you want Don't this? Don't talk to me like that. Oh, sorry, excuse me, Mr. Yeah. Wygant. Mm-hmm. Do you want this for today on Racer X? It's five thirty your time, so you have to no. post it. No, because uh, actually, no. You just sent me the link, right? Yeah. Yeah, send it to me at some point. Listen, um, I just want you to know, and the world, if if this is being recorded. Yes. That uh, today is my third wedding anniversary, and I'm going to do this podcast. And then as soon as I hang up, it's fantasy football draft. <laughs> and then as soon as that's done, I'll make sure I get this link and post it on the racetrack site because I don't want any of the poor East Coast guys to have to work late. I will do it on my anniversary. Yes, that's dedication. I love it. That's just how it, just how it works. Just how it works. Thanks, buddy. I'll talk to you. Hi, right, man. See, See ya. ya. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Steve Mathis Show. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes store to find the more than 200 episode archive or get the Pulp MX app for your iPhone for the complete Pulp MX fix.